you, and when I defang the viper, trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out, I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking. Hey, 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 do me a favor, why don't you act like this is an AA meeting, and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the crew. And Mustafa, you out here, a boy among men. And I'm gonna tell you what, you got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Afis, and with me as always is Devin, and we are about to talk about Monday Night Raw, unfortunately. Unfortunately, because, yeah, this week of Raw, we talked about it a little bit pre-show here. Um, just it, It's just another kind of disappointing episode overall, to be honest with you guys. Um, the draft concluded, which was, you know, has been somewhat underwhelming, um, yeah. no real big moves here and there. And then the matches, too, were just kind of filler. It's just one of those weeks where you're just like, all right, you know, does any of this really, really matter that much? I mean, there was one big title change that did happen, so we will talk about that. I think I, I almost forgot about that one, so that happened. Um, but overall, I mean, you go you go ahead and talk because you kind of led the, the discussion when it came to um, why we almost didn't even want to talk about Raw today. So Yeah, man, like even it. like when we just – usually how we do just – talk before we we start the show what's going on how's your day going and i was like dude i gotta keep it real with you i do not want to talk about raw (laughs) i exactly said it verbatim i don't want to talk about it you know it for some reason it I'm, i'm getting just bad energy from it you know it had you know uh on monday night show it had some bright spots maybe uh what was it uh op buddy murphy going against Cedric Alexander. That was a good match, but like the majority of the show, I was just not gelling with, man. So that that's that those are my reasons why I did not actually want to talk about this. But, you know, if I'm going to talk about it, I'd rather be talking about it with my good friend Hafiz. Yeah, man. I mean, we will we'll we'll get through this together and talk about, you know, what, right. what happened and, you know, the, <laughs> the, the stru- it'll it'll be another therapy session, I guess, for us. It will. It will, like, man. We're going to be here for each other. Hey, hey. Sometimes <laughs> it's what you got to do, man. That's what just, just go through it. Just go through it, talk it out, you know, and eventually at the end maybe you find out it wasn't as bad as what you thought. <laughs> <So> <laughs> go through that through it that way, but Let's let's start off with the uh, the draft and just get that out the way because that was kind of the big thing happening this week, right? We had part one of the draft on SmackDown again, somewhat underwhelming draft. Um, I voiced my opinions on it. That one thing I really didn't didn't like about it is a lot of the guys that were getting drafted were getting drafted to the shows that they were already drafted to when they did the first shakeup not too long ago post WrestleMania. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, usually with the draft you have people moving from one show to another. And that's kind of like the ooh and ah moment of the draft is to see, hey, this guy that was on SmackDown or he's always been on SmackDown now is moving to Raw and vice versa. But here... The draft used to be exciting, man. Like, you know, when John Cena came from SmackDown, came to Raw. That was huge. It was huge, man. Big news. The belt switched that that one because it was uh, Batista was the world champion and he was yep. on Raw and John Cena was the WWE champion and he was on SmackDown. 
and to swap them also swap the belts right after WrestleMania, um, which was amazing. Like that, that I'll never forget that. And that changed the face, changed yes. the course of, of Raw and SmackDown and those two guys' careers, in my opinion. It, it was, man. It was. And then now we flash forward and now we go to the 2019 WWE draft, which is just so predictable. Like we go to night two and the first pick, oh, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they already set the tone already and i was like okay it's gonna be one of these nights again cool yeah i mean i think the best thing that came out of the draft honestly for me was that becky lynch got that respect of being the number one overall draft pick period yeah you know that's so a that very was, good point that was that was well deserved very cool she's worked her ass off so she deserves yeah. that spotlight she deserves that that honor you know the the so no no bad you know, thoughts there or, or just like, you know, disappointment there. That was, that was definitely well-deserved and cool to see. Um, mm-hmm. But post that or, or outside of that, you're looking at it like, well, but a lot of these superstars, again, they're not really moving from show to show. It's, it's, it's not, it doesn't have that impact. Like you said, with John Cena, like when he moved, it was, it was game changing. There wasn't like a game changer move that happened no. here. Um, so that's just like, okay. It was, you know. It's like you saw it when, when uh, Randy Orton came back to Raw, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But right. it wasn't like, oh, man, bro. Right. That, you know, it wasn't like a, oh, my, you know, OMG moment. Right. Exactly. Not not one. Not one here, I would say. And we'll just go through it. So we had Seth Rollins and then Brock Lesnar got drafted right after Seth. Uh, so both of the championships, the Universal Championship and the WWE Championship are staying on Raw and SmackDown, respectively. Mm-hmm. You had Charlotte Flair get drafted right after them. And then the New Day. Uh, the entire New Day crew was drafted together, so they're not splitting up. So you had Kofi, Biggie, and Xavier Woods all drafted to SmackDown. And then you had Andrade uh, get drafted with Zelina Vega to Raw. Um, so that was the first round. The second round, we had uh, Asuka and Kyrie Sane get drafted, the current women's tag team champions. We had Daniel to Raw. Then we had Daniel Bryan go to SmackDown, which, again, that was the same. So, the so again, uh, Kyrie Sane and Asuka, they were SmackDown superstars before. They'll mm-hmm. be on both shows for the most part since they're the women's uh, tag team champions and they'll defend on both shows, but say they lose the belts. Now they're on raw. So that was one switch that happened. Um, but it, I don't know. There was, it didn't have that impact of like, Oh my God, like this is happening. It was more like, okay, this was know, the weakest cool. draft ever. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, you know, and just to keep going through it. So Rusev on raw, I mean, he's pretty much been on raw already. And, you know, I guess it, it was always confusing when he came back with the wild card rule. Was he on raw or SmackDown? We didn't know. And now I guess just to have it official uh, to have him on, on raw. Okay, fine. That's cool. Um, I think Bobby Lashley is also on raw. So they'll be able to continue their feud. Um, mm-hmm. And then we got Bailey getting drafted in the second round uh, to SmackDown, keeping the SmackDown Women's Championship there, which, again, underwhelming because she's SmackDown Women's Champion. She was already on SmackDown. Surprise, surprise, you know, it it really didn't matter. Um, The next switch happened with Aleister Black going from SmackDown to Raw, um, which, again, felt like, okay, it should be a bigger deal. It's Aleister Black. But the way he's been booked the last couple months, it's not really, you know, he doesn't have that same weight to him. You know, yeah. as he did before. So but to me, on, on the other side, how I'm looking at it is, is all right. I already know WWE like to keep married couples together. So when I saw Andrade yeah. and Lena Vega, I'm like, okay, Alistair Black should be coming right along. And yep. yeah, there yep. we go. Exactly, exactly. So you we saw that coming. So that also, too, to your point, kind of lessened the impact of that because we knew we knew what they were going to do there. 
So third round, we had Cedric Alexander go over to Raw, which he was already on Raw technically, so it's what it is. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, the Intercontinental Champion, and Sami Zayn uh, got drafted together, going staying on SmackDown. Um, Umberto Carrillo from 205 Live and NXT got drafted to Raw, which is really cool for him. But yeah. he's still a relatively unknown. So even the, you know, I don't think anyone really had a huge reaction to that. It's kind of like a who is this no. guy kind of moment. Yeah, right. Exactly. If you, you know, didn't watch the pre-show, you had uh, no idea. one of the pay-per-views. What was it when he was on it? It was a three-way uh, triple triple threat match. Oh, for uh, the for the uh, uh, cruiserweight, cruiserweight title at the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yep, yep. Yeah, he was uh, part of that. But again, if you missed that and you you hadn't seen him on NXT, then. Yeah, he's just another. He's you wouldn't have you would have no idea who this guy mm-hmm. is. So you know that again, just kind of underwhelming. Uh, we had Ali uh, staying on SmackDown and Eric Rowan moving to Raw. Um, Rowan to Raw is kind of interesting because that ends the feud with with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, at least as far as we can see, because both of those guys are still on SmackDown and him being on Raw. And if they're not going to do the wild card rule this time, then yeah, that storyline is done in kind of yeah. an abrupt way. So, but I like that pick though, because I, I felt like, oh, he he gets a chance to actually shine on Raw because he 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 looked like a straight beast right now. Well, I was gonna say, like, it, I feel like he was already shining on SmackDown. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, like a uh, a move like that kind of shines a spotlight on that person a little bit more. But yeah. I feel like he was already already there. Kind of, he had a big spotlight on on SmackDown. It was just kind of asserting himself as a as a star, and he just took a loss to Roman Reigns. You know, mm-hmm. via that, although technically he didn't take a pin, it was it was uh, Luke Harper that got pinned um, in their in their matchup with uh, Daniel Bryan and and uh, uh, Roman Reigns. But you know, I just I felt like they were, they still had unfinished business with that feud a little bit. Same here, so, same here, yeah. same here. And, and, and what I'm actually saying too, like you know, I'm not knocking the fact like he was a beast on SmackDown, but I just felt it was just a bit crowded. At, at the main event scene, I would have felt he would have got lost in the shuffle. So on the raw side, he actually had an opportunity to really shine and have that spotlight really focus on him. That's fair. That that's a that's a I can see that point definitely. I mean, on the raw side, it, it is you know slowly but surely seeming like it's turning into the the B show a little bit. So yeah. a lot of the star power is moving over to SmackDown from Raw. So having Eric Rowan go over to Raw, it does give guys like him an opportunity to maybe elevate themselves and move up into the universal championship uh, conversation, you know, with the fiend, although we will talk about that a little bit because, you know, there is a, a, a rematch, you know, in play between the fiend and Seth Rollins, which, okay, why, why are we doing that? But whatever. Um, but post that, because with the fiend being on SmackDown, I've already got the anticipation that that title's not going to change hands there. So Eric Rowan, could try to get himself in a matchup with Seth Rollins or, you know, some of the other guys that got drafted there, there's room there for new faces um, to go against Seth and, and, or whoever the universal champion is and, uh, and, and climb that ladder a little bit. So, yeah, I think a uh, point well taken there. They're definitely by you for sure. Um, so in round four, we had buddy Murphy get drafted, which I was like, thank God he got drafted and they're putting a, a spotlight on him. And hopefully they start out right this time. And sure enough, they did put him in a matchup um, after he got drafted, which was pretty cool. It was. Um, so, yeah, like you mentioned, it was him versus Cedric Alexander, who was also drafted and drafted a full round before him. Uh, and commentary did do a good job. Or, well, it was Samoa Joe, I think, actually, later on that made mention of this. 
that uh, Buddy Murphy got drafted a full round before Cedric Alexander, but then in their matchup beat Cedric Alexander. Yep. So it was some of Joe just being good, being analytical, and being. analyzed the hell out of this whole thing, man. He did a great job with it, you know, like putting putting out real facts about what made sense in the drafts and what each brand seemed to be doing for their respective, you know, uh, shows. So uh, yeah, I, I like that a lot. But yeah, I, I'm happy for Buddy Murphy in this. I think that he is a winner in this for sure, getting showcased like that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that matchup, but yeah, just him being able to, you know, have a little bit of a chip on the shoulder, being drafted a full round after Cedric Alexander, and then having the match with them, thought was really cool. So um, after that, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Root stay as a tag team. They're getting moved to SmackDrown. Jinder Mahal, your boy, Jinder Mahal got he drafted. Did. How'd you feel about this? Because when I saw it, I'm like, mm, that's interesting. I haven't seen him in forever, but I'm wondering what Devin's thinking. So what what did you think? I'm I'm glad you was thinking about me. <laughs> for That's your just, guy, man. I, have I know. Him. He is. He is, man. So I was actually surprised because I thought he'll be actually one of the free agents have to, you know, uh, pick and choose what brand. But he actually got drafted. I was like, okay, all right, gender. Cool, cool. So hopefully they still use him. So do you see general – because we just talked about Eric Rowan, you know, yeah. being able to rise and, and getting more of a spotlight, you know, in the main event or, you know, as, a, as one of the main players. Do you see that for general Hall? I can if it's built right. You know, he, hell, he was the WWE champion for SmackDown for like, was it 90 days? Or was it over 90 no, days? No, I think it was more than 90 days. More than that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Kofi had just passed his, his record. You're right. Brock, Brock Lesnar. So I think You're it was. Right. And I think it was around 170 then. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So I was like, hey, anything is, is fair game. I mean, you you already know how I feel about General Hall. Like I, I do, I, I know your thoughts. Not That's why I can't wait to talk about NXT. About <laughs> <laughs> so, oh god, you know, we get no, no. on that. So yeah. you know, uh, spoiler alert, everybody. Yeah, spoiler alert. You already you already know. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh my god. But uh, yeah, General Hall. Look, I, I'm always willing to to give people an opportunity to to just showcase what they can do and judge them off of what they've done. So, you know, but right now we haven't seen General Hall in a while. So all I have are the memories of what he did, you know, previous to. And the last thing that he did and what was cool was he got pinned by R-Truth uh, while he was sleeping on the plane. That's that's the, the last memory I have of General <laughs> Hall. And it was funny. So I feel like, it was. you know, following up with that and maybe getting back in the 24-7 uh, championship chase, I think would be a great spot for him. Um, I wouldn't be annoyed by that. I think I'd be entertained by that. Um, if he were going against Seth Rollins, I'd be like, you know, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. If it's done the right way, maybe, but that's what I'm saying. It has to be done the right way, man. Hey, let's take some baby steps with gender now. Let's let's return and get him back to that, you know, modern day Maharaja. But here's the thing though, like Drew McIntyre is there. I know. You know. Like that's the guy I really want to see get that spot. Like if Jinder Mahal gets a gets a, a title shot. It's a three hour show. It, I, yeah, I but know they can you know I, they can divide, divide their time. I guess what I'm saying is, you know, if if Jinder gets a shot before Drew McIntyre gets a shot, I think there's a problem. You know, because Jinder's been there. Jinder's had the the title. He has, you know, one of the longer title reigns and Drew McIntyre hasn't and he's like the former, the former chosen one, you know, like yeah. I think he's just a former intercontinental uh, champion. Right. Like he, he, I think it's just time for Drew to get there. And, and so guys like, you know, Eric Rowan, maybe I can understand because of the momentum he has, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, Alistair Black, I can understand because, you know, when he came into NXT, there was just such a big buzz. But I feel like Alistair and Drew McIntyre, they're sort of in a similar boat to where they both came in really hot from NXT and then they cooled off. Like at least Alistair Black even cooled off faster than Drew did. Um, So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. But I think one of those two guys and I'm leaning towards Drew should just immediately get into that main event picture with Seth Rollins or, again, whoever the universal champion is. Although I'm thinking it's going to be Seth. But, um, yeah, so so interesting pick there with Jinder Mahal. Um, and then we had maybe the most devastating part of the draft. We had Carmella get drafted to SmackDown, and yeah. then R-Truth get drafted to Raw. In, in the immortal words of The Hurricane, what's up with that? I can tell you what's up with that because Carmella's with Corey Graves. So since Corey Graves is on SmackDown, and like I said before earlier in the show, they like to keep couples together. That was this is where we at now. That was a mistake. They need to keep them together. They need to keep our truth and Carmella together. They do. I'm already seeing on social media too, like people just trying to, you know, just voicing their opinions on them being split up. Like it's a big deal. People really love that that team. You know, so I think a trade should happen where our truth gets traded to SmackDown. If you want to keep Carmella with Corey because they're together now, that totally makes sense. And I, I'm definitely all for that 100%. But man, get, get our truth there too, so that you can keep them together. Yeah. Why not put the 24 seven on SmackDown? You might as well. I mean, well, 24 seven though, that's another championship where you should be able to cross brands. Like well, I'm not for the wild card rule. But there's some situations where it makes sense to have a, a wrestler go from one show to another. The women's tag team championships, absolutely, that should be yep. it. And then the 24-7 championship, those two make sense. Yeah, it should be the exception to that rule, man. Right. It makes sense, like, because it said any WWE superstar, or I guess apparently anybody now. Yep. Because, uh, you know, you have the sports uh, broadcaster, they got that as well. So, yep. but yeah, man, it, it should just be on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I, I think – our truth Carmella as a team, they should stick together. So hopefully yep. they rectify that and they fix it. All right. So fifth round, we had Samoa Joe finally get drafted. I get that he's hurt. I understand. But man, the fifth round of day two, Samoa Joe getting Bro, drafted. The disrespect on that. That's that's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. <laughs> like if I'm Samoa Joe, when I come back, I'm mentioning these and I'm keeping a list of every superstar that was drafted at me. And I'm yes. getting, I'm taking yes. matches against and every one of those dudes and beating them one by one by one. That needs to be his story, period. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It has I to be. I love that. That should be it. That should be his motivation right Absolutely. there. Yeah. Just lying. Like, I get it. I'm hurt, but fifth round. And they try to sell that on the commentary, too. Man. I couldn't believe they tried to sell that. I'm like, what? Don't sell me that shit. Right. Samoa Joe, fifth round, disrespectful, disrespectful. So, yeah, so that happened. Um, So we'll see what happens when Samoa Joe gets healthy and comes back. Hopefully, like I said, he has his own list. Um, So the most must-see intercontinental champion or must-see superstar period in the WWE, if you believe his own words, The Miz, got drafted to SmackDown right after Samoa Joe. Uh, Akira Tozawa was drafted to Raw um, after that, too, which was also a surprising pickup, surprising pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like it. I like the fact that Akira is always going to move up and, you know, have this this moment to be on Raw. And, and yeah. I'm curious to see, hopefully what they don't do is just put him against 
Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander and just recreate the 205 Live division within Raw. Like, the fact that you, you put that idea in my head now. I didn't even think about that. I didn't have one, not one idea about, ooh, they're trying to recreate 205 maybe. Well, and, and, and think about it. Umberto Carrillo is there too. So, yeah, they have like a mini 205 Live division in this on Raw and Rey Mysterio. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to recreate that. I, I hope they, they don't. Up. Yeah. They, they should. They should mix that up. I think that was part of the problem with 205 Live in the beginning is that they didn't mix it up. They just went and had them all. They had that that stupid uh, – the, the, the ring, like they changed it up. They made it purple. And then, you know, it was just like their own thing for a while. And they wouldn't interact. They wouldn't even – like the other superstars wouldn't even acknowledge that a, that a cruiserweight, champ, or cruiserweight matchup even happened, you know, on that show. And then, you know, 205 Live was his own thing. It was his own show completely, which was fine, but the crowd really wasn't there for those shows. So, yeah, now this this group of guys that they got on day two, it just seems like they all fit. And, and Akira Tozawa, hopefully he mixes it up. Hopefully he gets involved with some of these other superstars. Let him fight Andrade. You know, let him fight uh, uh, Drew McIntyre or Ooh. Samoa Joe, some of these other dudes, man. Like, that would be fun to see. Yeah, man, because I, I would love to see, you know, Akira Tozawa just mix it up. That would be exciting, thrilling, you know, because this dude is, is fast-paced, and he has a great moveset as well. And he's charismatic, too, man. Yeah, you hear that? Ha! Yeah. Ha! Yeah. Ha! Get the crowd into love it. that shit, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, like, and the crowd buys into it, too, man. They love it. So he's one of the real bright spots from 205 Live. So for him, I hope to to exactly what you just said that he's able to to mix it up with everybody else. I think that would be the best way to go with him. So hopefully they do it. Hopefully they do it. Um, we had King Corbin also go in the fifth round, which I got to say, even though you know I'm always mixed on on Corbin, <laughs> this is a late late pick. King Corbin in the fifth round. How is a guy, a wrestler, King of the Ring, fifth round, bro? I don't understand that. At all, they did this, and we keep saying too, like, are they taking this seriously or is it a joke? And I think a fifth round pick kind of puts it in category of this is a joke, like it's just a joke. They do not care about. I'm, I think I'm just getting pissed all over again. <laughs> I don't even know this therapy session's working right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is part of it. You gotta, you gotta, you know, just. Go through it, you know. We got to talk about it, and then just you yeah. release that 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 upset. You know what I'm saying? So, I remember saying saying like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, yeah. Like, fifth uh, round, fifth round. Yep. And then Sheldon Benjamin's drafted right after him, which is like, man, he's in that that category. Samoa Joe and King Corbin got drafted with Sheldon Benjamin, and I, you know, Sheldon Benjamin back in the day, that was one of my favorite superstars to watch. But Sheldon Benjamin now. Yeah, he belongs in the fifth round, if even yeah. drafted at all. Just, just just being real about it with Shelton. So, but man, King Corbin was drafted right before him, and Samoa Joe not three spots, just three spots earlier. Like that's that's just insane. That's crazy. Um, yeah, man. Like this thing about who went before him. Yep. You know, you had uh, uh, Buddy Murphy. Umberto Carrillo was picked in the third. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, who the hell is this dude? But Baron Corbin, the king of the ring, 2019. Even The Miz. All those dudes were drafted after him? What? There's no logic to to how they drafted this. It really wasn't. 
it's just I don't know. I don't know what they were doing. Um, so yeah, sixth round and sixth and final round of the official draft. We had Rey Mysterio go in the sixth, which also that too. I mean, that that just seemed a little weird that Rey Mysterio was getting drafted that late. Um, you know, a legend like that who had just won a number one contendership matchup, uh, fatal four way to figure out who was gonna face Seth Rollins that one week on Raw. He's just fresh off of that, and then he gets drafted in the sixth round. Like, I don't know. That seems kind of weird. Like the rankings are all over this place. This is why they need to, you know, incorporate a win-loss record. Because it makes no sense. None. None. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense at all. It really doesn't make sense at all. So, yeah, Rey Mysterio getting drafted there. Okay. Shorty Gable yeah, was drafted after that. All right. You know, like, I don't even know how I feel about Chad Gable. You know, Shorty G is happening. Um, he lost to to Corbin recently. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about about him. I think he's a super talented guy, but you know, it just he needs new music. Um, he does. He he needs something. He needs Kurt Angle to be his manager. You know, because of the the connection there with the Olympics and the the ankle lock and the move set and everything. And Jason Jordan, like I just feel like. Like Kurt and and Chad just need to team up, and he needs to manage him, and that would help. I think that would be a, a great thing for him to have. Similar to how I feel like um, Shawn Michaels and Dolph Ziggler, there's a missed opportunity there wow. to have them have something. I feel the same way about Chad Gable and and uh, Kurt Angle. Yeah, that's true, man, because they do have a connection right there, and I yeah. would love to see that because you know Chad Gable, he you know he heavily used that uh, that ankle lock, man. Yeah. You know, just like her angle. And I think he used some of his moveset, the suplexes and yep. the and, German suplexes, the rolling yeah. Yep. yep. And I think he pulled out a, a angle slam before as well. I think, man. I think I've seen him do that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I would just love to do that. But he does need to drop that music, man, because, you know, I, I think he doesn't work for me because I think his character is just bland. It is right now. Like, I don't know what your motivation is. You know, you come out like, yeah, come on to that bland ass music and you know i think that's why it doesn't work they really should you have something to start with all right shorty gable and now you can i think that's the beginning of something now it could be you know just in terms of his his character getting fleshed out more and you know giving the fans something like in terms of an entertainment factor and being more fun yes i think that that's something for him but it just it almost seems like a little bit just silly and and goofy without um i don't know just just more i want more i want like i said kurt angle somehow like being integrated into like with him as a manager or something i think would be cool um and just like maybe do a uh, a remix to kurt angle's song and chad gable's song kind of mix those together to create a new song for chad i think that would be kind of cool like just paying homage, uh, homage to kurt with the song and the entrance and giving him the pyro and something. Like, I think that'd be real cool. Um, like, I don't know. I just, I just, I see it. I, I think that could, it fits him too. They need to hire your services, man. WWE, like, let's get the fees on the, on the writer's board. Come hey, on. Man, I, I'd be down for that. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. 
Let's go. Because <laughs> that sounds perfect, man. Like, Angle as his manager and put yeah. the music, let's put their music together. I'm like, shit, that's, yeah. dude, that's money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, I want to see that. I want to see it happen. I don't know why, like, they just don't see that possibility. And I feel like there's probably some people that float that around and get shot down. They're like, no, no. You know, like, we, we're going to do Shorty G. Like, we're just going to have that happen. And, you know, or they just don't care enough about that character to say they're going to spend some time to, yeah. to do all this, to really think about it. Um, so, yeah, but I see it, man. Like, I think he's a great wrestler. I think he's really underrated. And, yeah, I just I just have make it happen. Kurt and Gable, team up. Let's go. Um, but let's finish up the rest of this draft order. Just got three more picks. So we had Titus O'Neil, which I'm like, man, this dude really didn't need to get drafted. Like, that. that's just yeah. – why are you even bringing him? You don't even see him. He doesn't even really wrestle. Yeah. I didn't get, like, free agent. Yeah, just put him in free agency and be done with this. So that was really weird that that he was drafted, but it is what it is with him. Um, man, Elias got drafted second to last. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I was like, man. And even oh, Stephanie, man. the way she introduced him, oh, my God. She, what did she say? She said, the man that you all used to walk with, Elias. I said, What? You just bury Elias right there in this, uh, in this intro. Dude. I don't know what that's all about, man. Yeah, that was bizarre. Yeah, was remember bizarre. Vince introduced him as the biggest acquisition mm-hmm. for SmackDown. Yep, and this dude is almost next to last <laughs> to Liv Morgan. Yep, yep, yep. Man, I mean, I. F- I don't know. I don't know. Elias, the the man we used to walk with. That was, yeah. that was the way they put it. So that's telling. That's telling where they're at with him right now, I guess. So that that's just that's Elias' stat, status at this point. And then Miss Irrelevant, which they brought that up too um, in drafts. Usually that goes to the person or that title goes to the person who's drafted last. And the, why they call it Mr. Irrelevant or Miss Irrelevant is because it's irrelevant of where you get drafted as long as you get drafted because you have an opportunity to showcase your talent and be able to to thrive um, mm-hmm. as long as you're a part of the, the draft in some way or fashion, even if it's last. And this year, it was Liv Morgan. Uh, so Liv Morgan, we haven't seen for a while. She Last time we saw her, uh, she had just faced Charlotte on SmackDown. She was given an opportunity after saying, you know, she wasn't given opportunities. And uh, Charlotte and her kind of had a face-to-face thing during a town hall meeting with Shane McMahon. So uh, <laughs> post that, Liv Morgan was uh, uh, pissed off because she lost. She was in tears. She went to the announce table and said, the next time you see me, I'm going to be real. <laughs> <laughs> we still are waiting to see the real Liv Morgan. Um, but here she is. She's drafted. So that must mean something, right? I, I guess so. You know, maybe uh, this is the beginning of a story for her. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to use that last pick as uh, as a catalyst to the story. Maybe I can see that, you know, what boggles me is why not? You know, it's they, they, they skip a lot of good talent to include in the draft. I'm, and I'm thinking, Nia Jax. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's a big omission. I'm like, really? Probably one of your biggest heels, too? She knows how to work a crowd as a heel. I'll give her that. And she has, she's one of your strongest, powerful women. And she's not even drafted. 
I mean, the person I was going to bring up actually is Ruby Riot, also, which is kind of a similar thing. Yeah. Ruby Riot not getting drafted. And I'm seeing here because they have the breaking news um, thing on the WWE The Bump Twitter Twitter handle for Raw and SmackDown. And Sarah Logan is there. So for Raw, they have No Way Jose, uh, Mojo Raleigh, Sarah Logan, Peyton Royce, and Billy Kay, the Iconics. And former Sir- world tag team champions. Yep. Yep. They were just a part of the free agent signings. And yeah, then Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, again, former tag team champions. Um, yeah, but then again, no Nia Jax, um, no Ruby Riot. Um, there's, I mean, it's says, oh, well, for SmackDown, cause I was going to say, where's Cesaro, but here's Cesaro. So, um, for SmackDown, it's Luke Harper, Cesaro, Cesaro, sorry, Sonya Deville, uh, which, oh, I was going to say, man, Sonya Deville, they split them up, but here, it, it's uh, Mandy Rose. Yeah. 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 Um, Drake Maverick and Dana Brooke. So, yeah, those are the the free. So Luke Harper and Eric Rowan are also split up, by the way, because Eric Rowan now is on Raw. Luke Harper stays on SmackDown. Uh, Cesaro, I think, makes the switch. I think he was on Raw officially before, but now he's on SmackDown. Um, Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, nothing changes. Drake Maverick was the, uh, what was he, the GM of 205 Live, and he was kind of moonlighting as 24-7 champion as as a competitor and contender, too. But now he's on SmackDown. Uh, which also makes me think, so with Truth being on Raw and Drake Maverick being on SmackDown, yeah, we're going to see Truth on SmackDown. It's going to happen. Yeah, it has to. We, we have to. Yeah, yeah. so that'll happen. Um, yeah, Dana Brooke on SmackDown. And then on Raw, pretty much everything. Well, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, the Iconics, were on SmackDown, so they moved to Raw. So that's that's more, okay, That that's a switch, I guess. Uh, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins stay on Raw. Sarah Logan, I don't remember if she was on Raw or something. I think she was on Raw. Uh, Mojo Raleigh was, you know, in backstage promos, talking to himself uh, that shattered mirrors. So, yeah, we yeah, really man. didn't see much of him. And, yeah, No Way Jose is super irrelevant. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why they even mentioned his name. Oh my God. I don't even even know the reason why he they even pull him up from NXT. Right. I knew it was gonna flop. I'm like, that's an act that's not gonna work in Raw. I know. I know. And as soon as they pull him up, it's like, all right, he got a huge pop because it's the day after WrestleMania. But after that, it was just irrelevant. Yep. Yep. Which, yeah, you could see that coming. You can see that coming for him. It just didn't make sense. Um, EC3, not mentioned in this at all. Um, that's another guy that you look at and say, why was he called up? And he's still not there. He needs to go back to NXT. Yeah. Just just send him back down. Yes, please. Just do that. For the man, just, just, just for the good of the people. Yeah. For him and, yeah, for, for us as fans, like, come on, just just move him down. You're not, you're not going to do anything with him on Raw and SmackDown. Just send him to NXT. He was doing – he was on his way to becoming something in NXT. He, he was. hasn't gotten there yet. But he was getting there because I remember uh, TakeOver Chicago and the crowd reaction when he came out just to do commentary pre-show. That crowd that was there early popped big for, for EC3. You know, so they, he does have people who really are into him. It's just on on Raw, he just got completely buried into just stupid, you know, staring at himself in the mirror, similar to Mojo Rowley, but in an in a even less uh, obvious way, just as as like furniture, basically, in the background. Um, so, yeah, man, it's just it's, it's unfortunate what's happening with him. But, you know, 
Well, hopefully he goes to NXT. That that's really all we can hope for at this point. Um, yeah, and then the the other thing was there was a trade. They had been hyping this up for a while. That it's gonna be a blockbuster trade. Oh, we're, it's gonna be huge. And uh, when it happened, we found out it was gonna be Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross moving from Raw to SmackDown for future draft picks. Which what the hell does that mean? Because you know they're going from Raw to SmackDown, and Raw already has one extra draft kick draft pick in every round so you know every time there was a every two draft picks for smackdown there were three draft picks for raw so you're trying to tell me there's going to be a round now where they're going to have four or five draft picks is no no no. they're just going to drop that before they're just going to forget about it that's what's going to happen that's the truth like it never happened yes Yes, if we're being real, that's really what's going to happen. They're just going to forget <laughs> that completely. And someone on social media somewhere is going to bring it up. Hey, wasn't Ross supposed to have gotten some extra traffic <laughs> and traded Alexa and Nikki Cross? And that'll be ignored completely by the WWE. <laughs> exactly, man. Because it, it just oh, sounds, it just seems like the WWE thing to do. It's silly. It's just silly. I don't get All it. Right, they didn't put a, a specified time on this. Oh. They didn't say it was if it was for the if it was for the maybe a, a mid roster shakeup or right. next year WWE draft. They said it just says future draft picks, very vague, meaning that they are going to forget about it. All right. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a weird trade to do. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. And you know what? Actually, I realized that um, there must be a list with more because I also know that AOP is officially on Raw. They signed to Raw, but that wasn't in that uh, list by the the bump there. So just throw that up there as well. The AOP signed with Raw. That was on the the uh, WWE.com page. So just throw that in there as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, underwhelming draft. Um, you know, we had a couple of moves here where you're like, okay, you know, Buddy Murphy, like we said, that's, that's a, one of the few highlights of the draft for sure. And Becky Lynch being the number one overall pick. Um, but beyond that, you're just kind of like, I don't know about all this. Like, here Tozawa being on Raw is kind of interesting, too. Um, but, yeah, just just really weird, underwhelming draft. Um, so let's switch to the show and just briefly go through these. Because, like we said, this was kind of a, a weird show overall. Um, not very, I don't know, just, just very underwhelming in, in, in the, the way they booked this, too. Um, so we had the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, going against Charlotte Flair to figure out who was going to get the first pick. Um, and Becky went over in this matchup. This was probably beyond, I'd say, if you don't count the um, Buddy Murphy-Cedric Alexander matchup, this was probably the best actual, well, actually, no, Andrade versus Ali was actually pretty decent, too. But this this as a match, even though we've seen this so many times, I thought it was decent. Um, the It seemed like it wasn't really for anything, because, yeah, the first pick of the draft, I, I just was not into the draft anyway, so I don't care. Nope stakes and i didn't care about that right right exactly so you know but if you take that out of it and you just look at it for the match for what it was i thought it was another solid matchup actually a pretty good matchup for for what it was um so i'll just leave it at that for that one any any extra thoughts you want to throw in and on on that i just like the ending of charlotte's reaction you know that was it yeah charlotte had some some moments of just like pure agony not being able to put away Becky Lynch was pretty cool and we've seen that before from Charlotte she does a great job of just like 
like uh, I remember times where she was going for the championship and she's like, my title, my <laughs> title, and on damn near in tears, yeah. like really just agonizing over the fact that she has not put her opponent away and just telling herself, begging like whoever is listening, the powers that be, the wrestling gods, to just, you know, give her this win. She is not living up to her moniker, though, man. Queen oh, of Iron <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Like you, got, you got, you know, you just got your 10th title and Bailey to Bailey. Then Bailey goes through this character change and gets it back from you. Yeah. And you, you're supposed to be the queen of all errors. Then you lose to to Becky. You know, I, I mean, get it. It's the champ, but. I was going to say, in her defense, that is yeah, the champ. Yeah. That's the man. That's the number that's one the pick overall. Yeah, that's, that, that's, I'm just saying, it's not a good look for the queen yeah. of all errors. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I hear what you're saying, and I do agree that you know because I talked about it last week. Yeah, you're a ten time champ, but you know, substance wise, and Becky made that point too. Like you yeah. got the qual, you got the quantity, but I've got the substance basically when it comes to title reigns. Like mine actually is meaningful, you know, where yours aren't really. So and yeah, it feels that way for sure, for sure. So uh, yeah, but that's how they started off the night. Um, Andrade then went against Ali, which also I thought was another match that was solid. Um, you know, it was, it's great to see Ali in action uh, every time. And same with Andrade. Uh, the two of them, it, they're not going to be able to continue where they left off with this because Ali is on SmackDown, Andrade is on Raw. So it's just one of those kind of like showcase matches to see different talent. Um, so it felt a little bit empty, like almost like a house show kind of matchup. But it, I thought it was a, it was a good matchup. I actually really did enjoy this. So you know, two back to back matches where if you just take them from matches, not from a story standpoint, I thought they were good. Yeah, man, uh, I, I like the Ali and uh, Andrade match. I keep it real there too. Even when Selena Vega got involved a little bit as well, I enjoyed it. Uh, so that's what I say about that. You know, the matches were good. Mm-hmm. And now let's talk about the the title matchup too: Viking Raiders versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode uh, for the Raw Tag Team Championships. I gotta say, when this matchup got announced, I'm like, okay, they're gonna do something to where Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler are either gonna get disqualified or you know something's gonna happen. They're gonna do a roll up pin and cheat to win and retain these titles. Really, you thought they was gonna retain? I thought that they were going to do something along those lines because it just seemed kind of like, you know, random for them to do this actual title change. So when it happened, because the Viking Raiders did actually win to become the new Raw Tag Team Champions, I was I was stunned. I was and I was happily stunned. I was really happy to see that that happen. Um, I felt like the Viking Raiders had for the last coming weeks have started to get the crowd on their side. Um, they were having better matches because they were going against the OC. And so, you know, it just felt like the crowd was getting more into it. I was getting more into it. And I was hopeful. I was rooting for the Viking Raiders the whole time to win the matchup. Okay. But I just kept thinking, like, oh, they're not going to do it. They're going to piss me off and just have them lose or chicken out. And, I'm you actually know, surprised that you thought, you know, the Viking Raiders were going to lose. Yeah, just from a booking standpoint, I thought, look, if you do this matchup sh- straight up and you want to actually show a finish – I'd pick the Viking Raiders. That's what yeah. I would have picked to win. But when, I don't know, there's just something about it to where I was thinking, they're not going to have the balls to do this right now. They're going to, they're going to again, chicken out and go the easy route and just have this, have, have some kind of like a no finish. So, but I was happy. I was happy that it, they, they surprised me and went 
a much better way and put the belts on the, the Viking Raiders. So, yeah, definitely happy to be able to say the Viking Raiders are the new Raw Tag Team Champions. I'm definitely glad, you know, Viking Raiders got the belts, you know, because they've been they've been booked super strong. They're undefeated after actually mentioned that after their uh, their match mentioned yeah. you know, like the first ever Ring of Honor. Uh, ROH. Yeah, yeah, I know. Surprising. It, all the other promotions they've been in and won the belts and they let everybody know. I'm like, that was kind of cool. Uh, but the match itself, I thought I, I thought. Viking Raiders were uh, were going to win. Even the I think the previous podcast, uh, we had a discussion about Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, and I said uh, I think they're transitional champs, mm. and and that's how I seen them, and that's why I'm not surprised that they lost the belt. This is totally WWE thing to do, you know. And when they, this is the reason why I couldn't take the tag, you know, division serious because Bobby Roode, I, I didn't know. I knew Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, Ziggler wasn't going to have a legitimate tag tag title run. It would have been cool to see it, you know, but, you know, uh, but you dropped it and that's what I expect. But it's cool that on the other end of that, it's cool that the Viking Raiders are the champs. Now, let's see if you're going to do a legitimate tag run with a tag team yeah. or are they going to just drop it the next, you know, two weeks. Yeah, that'll be – I'm curious if it's going to be um, – because, let's see, the tag teams that are there, AOP is the one that comes to mind right away as a yeah. team that they're going to build towards potentially for, for the Viking Raiders to go against since they got drafted to, to Raw as free agents. Um, beyond them, yeah, I don't know. Let me see. I don't know who else – because Dolph Ziggler and Robert Root got drafted to SmackDown as a tag team, so they're gone. Um, I guess you could say the OC, you know, maybe there's a rematch there, you know, with Gallows and Anderson. Um, yeah, it's going to be real. Oh, there's the other one, too, with the Street Profits, actually. So yeah. Street Profits being on Raw, you know, maybe there's a rematch from, you know, the NXT uh, days where the, the Street Profits go against the Viking Raiders eventually. But they've got them finished business with the OC, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, yeah, I don't know. The tag division is is. It's it's shit, you know. <laughs> you know, the Raw tag team division is. Shit. I mean, tag, not even just Raw, Raw and SmackDown both. Um, it's just not great, and especially when you see what's happening on AEW. That it's like and it, you it, mentioned tag teams, and we yeah. saw a bunch of that that night. Wow, wow. We we will get into that for sure. But just by comparison alone, they just kind of showed you like, hey, this is what it can look like when a company actually cares about tag team wrestling. And yeah, is that's, that is not the case in WWE. So I, I'm going to be very cautious and, and not, uh, it's going to be hard for me to, to trust this whole title run for the Viking Raiders, but hopefully they, um, they, they, they change, they surprise us, you know, by actually giving the Viking Raiders a good run because man, that, that team there, they could be something as a, as a new renaissance for tag team wrestling in the WWE. So hopefully we see it. Yeah, man. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I just don't know. Like you said, their tag team division is shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the reason why I, I felt that uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Root were transitional champs. Yeah. Yep. Just two singles put together as a tag team. 
And I think they're going to get split up on SmackDown. I really do. I think they're going to one is going to turn on the other one, or they're just going to start sing, wrestling singles like subtly. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. see them sticking together as a tag team for too long on SmackDown. Yeah, man, good point. That's that's a very good point. Uh, I didn't even think about them them getting split up. Yep. But that makes that makes perfect sense to me now. Yeah, yeah. Because like you said, the transitional champ. So why why keep them together? you know, on SmackDown, short of maybe you just want to fill out the tag team roster for a little bit, but I think the writing's on the wall. Like, they, they just aren't really a true tag team. So, yeah. you know, it, it's just what what it is there. Um, so moving on uh, with the with the night, Aleister Black versus Eric Young. Huh? Eric Young on television? Wrestling? No. Yep, no, it happened. So Aleister Black went against Eric Young, um, and he just seems so bizarre to see Eric Young. I'm like, dude. About the beard, just him. Yeah. It, it was sad. It looks sad. I'm some like sorry. regular Smo. Joe yeah. Smo just yeah. That might be the last time we see him too. You um, think so, dude? He wasn't drafted. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm surprised that he wasn't drafted. I feel like what's gonna happen with Eric Young is he'll be like a, a backstage like uh, Booker or just like uh, one of their guys behind the scenes that kind of helps out. Uh, I think that's gonna be his transition. You talk about a dude fall from grace, yeah. He like he he had all the all the momentum in NXT. That, yeah, that whole sanity was over. Yeah, yeah that faction over. You know the I love the entrance, the whole helicopters, the the music comes in. It's like chaos behind, and then they when did they debut on SmackDown, and that was it. Really, what killed it was uh, the Miz just dominating all of them by himself. <laughs> God, bro, I don't that know. Was it. That <laughs> they ain't taking bumps from the <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you admit, we see what Killian Dane is doing in NXT. I and know. Miz took down Killing Dane, Alexander Wolf, and he took out uh, um, this dude too. Like, come on, man, Eric Young also really no, no. I don't care how hyped up Miz was, and that wasn't even the first group that he went through. He went through security guards, then he went through some B-list wrestlers, then he went against Sanity. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, man. It's... I can't believe you reminded me of that now. <laughs> but just saying, it's Eric Young. We gotta talk about it. Like, that's that's how we got here. I know. I know. It's the fall from grace. I yeah. couldn't believe it. And, you yeah. know, him now, he's facing Aleister Black. You already knew the result was. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and put him in that submission just just to I'm gonna do something new. Hold on, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. I do like that new submission like move, man. It's unique. It's yeah. different. Like he just holds you by I don't even know how to freaking explain it. It's like a no look like you know sleeper <laughs> kind of man. Like I'm not even gonna look at you. I'm behind the back, no look sleeper. Right. Oh my god. Some trick submission move stuff. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> Man, showcased it on Eric Young. I know. His career, rest in peace. Because <laughs> that oh, is a wrap. So so you think so you think Alistair had the broom on him? Oh, it was that was it, man. Sweat, oh, man. Just just career done. That was it. It was it. But, you know, there's worse ways you could go. I mean, Eric Young, if that's his final match against Aleister Black, putting Aleister over, hey, you know, it is what it is. If Aleister becomes a huge superstar, you know, in the WWE, okay, you can say your last match was against that dude. That's fine. 
Yeah, that's fine. I was actually surprised by the match, how competitive it was at times. Yeah, Even though Alex dominated, but I was like, yeah. Eric Young is getting a lot of offense in. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, that's not how I remember it for some reason. I just remember <laughs> it. Eric Young just getting destroyed. I don't remember the offense. I'd have to rewatch it to see. You have to rewatch it, man. It was, it was getting offense. I was, just, I was just surprised by that. Now watch. I'm gonna go back, and it was like he got two or three kicks in, and he, that's what you remember. <laughs> he got. I'm surprised he got that. that he got two punches off in his face, and didn't get just completely rejected. I uh, think Alistair Black just had a, a veil that just covered up your face of because he just completely dominated Eric Young. But I just look at the match. Eric Young got offense, and I think it was too much offense as well. Yeah. But if you didn't see it that way, you didn't see it that way. He, he punched it. He breathed on him, man. That was just way too much off the tip, man. He just coughed in his direction, man. He actually got a coughing. Oh, man. Cool, cool. Hey, man. Hey, good for him. Good for him that he got something going with, with Aleister Black. But that was it. That was it. That's the end of Eric Young. I would, I would say. I'd be shocked if we saw Eric Young in, in – uh, I mean, maybe it's in another kind of jobber scenario where he's just getting destroyed, you know, to put somebody oh, over. He's the official jobber, bro. That is yeah. no doubt about that. That's best case scenario right now for Eric Young, I would say. Okay. And more than EC3 can say, so maybe that's that's actually not so bad. All right, so let's move on. So we had uh, Ricochet versus Shelton Benjamin. Um, yeah, this matchup, I actually tuned this one out, to be honest with you. I, I really, you know, a fan of Ricochet, but I, I tuned this one out. I can't even lie. Um, just waiting for the end to come, and it did. Um, and Ricochet got the victory. No surprise there. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't I really know. real quick though. I'm worried about Ricochet character. It's I mean, you've talked about this before, you know. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised you're saying. But that. I think like I, 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 is that his character? He he believes he's a real life superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, it worked for the hurricane. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, at least the hurricane had more charisma, man. <laughs> like, it's it's crazy, you know, like, Ricochet, he is one of a kind. He is, man, bar none, by probably one of the best in-ring competitors. He has a crazy moveset, you know, I just wish his I just wish his the charisma from his moveset would matches, you know, when he do his promos. They just need to put him in a real story, you know, like not Mike Canellis and maybe he's the father kind of start scenario. They need they need some good form. Like when he was going against AJ Styles, I feel like that was uh, there was potential there, but it never really went any there, anywhere, right? So I think he just needs to be in the storyline. I think it'll be fine. I'm not actually really worried about Ricochet because they keep showing him. They keep showcasing him. I feel like someone back there believes in him. So yeah, I feel like it is. Sometimes that's how it starts, too. Like, all right, and then all of a sudden he's just, you know, just another guy. I mean, but look at it. Between him and Aleister Black, man, Ricochet is getting a lot of TV time. He's been a lot of matches. He's been United States champion already. You know, he has a win over AJ Styles. What is What has Aleister done? There, you, know, you you have his, you know, you somewhat know his character. He's just always looking for a fight, right? You know, I at least know what he wants, what motivates him. This, 
I'm supposed to believe this guy. He's, he's you know, he's just a, he believes he's a real life superhero. And he can fly, man. He can fly. You know, he's the, the way that he wrestles, the the athleticism he has, you know, those matches with Cesaro showcase that really well. Um, you know, that that to me is like it it is what it is. I mean, we joked about it, you know, but in all honesty, I feel like it's just he's a very positive person. He's a role model. He's so athletic. You know, he lands on his feet when he does these crazy moves or someone tries to throw him up in the air and like ragdoll him and he finds a way to land on his feet. Like he is superhuman to an extent, right? Like, you know, is the closest thing we may get to an actual superhero in wrestling might might actually be a guy like Ricochet just because of how he does things. And you're like, man, how is that possible that a human being actually did that? So I actually, I just don't think it's resonating with the WWE universe. Well, I think it's more about what you said before with the promo work. I think him not being a great great at doing promos is why he's not resonating because like we said hurricane did and it's the same thing it was even more this is the third time we mentioned hurricane do i gotta mention third like like, he's getting a lot of like a lot of love right now but hey hurricane was great in the past so why not so what's i I have no problem but i just need to mention we're talking about him a lot but yeah he he was a guy who he had a really goofy character he wore almost like a green lantern inspired type of suit or whatever yeah um, you know, he he just connected with the fans because he was funny and, you know, he just was out there. You know what I'm saying? He just he had a lot of fun with it. And I feel like it's not the gimmick. It's not the superhero thing that's really holding Ricochet back. It's just the fact that he hasn't his personality hasn't really connected with the crowd yet because, you know, we the, the promo work has not done anything to move anybody. Um, so I think that's just the next step. He's just got to figure that part out on this stage. He has to. I hope so, because, you know, since he's going to be on Raw, at least you're on a three-hour show, so they can fit some time. I just hope he can figure out before it's just too late. That's what I'm worried about. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, because you you could just be a guy that they throw into a ladder match or a Money in the Bank match just to do some flips and take some some crazy bumps, you know, but never really get that that spotlight, you know. Like, you know, he he could – fall into that category if he's not careful. So really, you know, the, the again, the athleticism, the look, you know, I think kids do look at him and say, hey, like he is a superhero. And I think he does kind of connect with children, but with the adults, I think that's the group he's going to lose because, you know, as a person, we're not really connecting with him because we're not, we, we, we don't hear him speak. He doesn't cut a great promo. Um, you know, he just kind of comes off as like kind of nervous and not confident on the microphone. Um, and yeah, I just think he needs to work on that to really connect with the entire audience. Yeah, man. I, I, I think that's what he needs to do because he needs to show some type of excitement when he talks, not like he's just reading a cue card. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. And I, and you know, I was just thinking about some too, like, I don't even want to see him with a manager. Because that's usually the way that this would go. Like, oh, you can't cut a promo, get a manager. I, I don't, I don't see that for him. I feel like that would be, it would be lame. Like, I would actually I be like that too. Yeah, you know why? You know that? No, that's not the answer. I would look at it as, as that way as well. Like, he doesn't need a manager because uh, you now you're telling me like, oh, he can't cut a promo. That's the yeah. just like you just said. That's how I would yeah. take it because right now your promo game is weak. You just need to improve on it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So 
We'll see. We'll see what they do. We'll see what he does because it's on him. You know, he's got he's part the way there. You know, in the ring, there's no question. Yeah, but it's the other stuff that he has to work on. Um, all right, now this Braun Strowman Tyson Fury situation. I'm just I just can't wait for this to be over. Um, Crown Jewel contract signing. They had a face to face on the ring, and yeah, it was for me. It was borderline unwatchable. Really, just them going through this. Um, you know, it was a really basic segment. We've seen it a million times, you know, and you, you always anticipate, oh, at a contract signing with WWE, you know, someone's going through the table or something crazy is going to happen. And nothing really did. You know, it was just Tyson Fury was on the microphone a little bit. It was hard to kind of understand what he was saying because he was speaking so fast. Um, and then they had the goofy spot where at the end, Braun Strowman stood up and he smashed the table with his hands yeah. and Tyson Fury pulled out a pen. And he tried to snap the pen, but he was struggling to snap the pen, or at least he was making it seem like he was struggling. And he made this face, and the crowd was really quiet. And, like, I don't think the crowd understood what he was what he was trying to do. But I got the joke. It just wasn't funny. Um, and yeah. You know, and then he snapped the pen, and that was it. Then he walked off, and he smiled. And I'm like, what What just happened? What was this? So, yeah, I, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts, basically, on this? What's that uh, saying? If you don't have anything good to say, don't say nothing at all. That's my. <laughs> yeah, what I gotta say about that. Yeah, if you they this was unwatchable, I'm not gonna go into detail, man. You don't want to hear that, right? All right, <laughs> let's just move on from there. Then I'm I'm totally cool with that. That's said right now. Yeah, <laughs> it wraps it up. If anybody wants to go watch it and see it, you'll see why it just was not entertaining. It just was what it was. You know, Braun was Braun. He was fine. But this whole Braun Tyson Fury thing just does nothing for anybody. So let's just let's just move on from there. All right, Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander, probably the match of the night for for this night. Andrade and Ali was awesome too, but Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander was the bright spot for sure. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Uh, it was a fun, fast paced match. Uh, I'm actually uh, surprised who got the win. I thought Alexander will get the win, but hey, it's man, OP Buddy Murphy. That's the reason why we done him, OP Buddy Murphy. Yes. Pulled out the dub uh, with a strong looking uh, finisher, the Murphy's Law, and I enjoyed it, man, and I'm glad that, you know, even Samoa Joe took notice and put some respect on OP Buddy's Murphy name. Yeah, he did. You know, going back to what we're talking about with the draft, you know, uh, Cedric Alexander got drafted a full round before Buddy Murphy. So Buddy Murphy going in the match with a chip on his shoulder, you know, kind of was showcasing like, hey, this is why you guys messed up when you picked this dude over me. And so, you know, he went out there, he beat him with Murphy's Law and had a great showing. And Cedric looked great in the matchup, too. I mean, it's funny because when I was watching it, I was pulling for Buddy Murphy and actually thought Buddy Murphy should win because, Buddy had beaten him on 205 Live as well sure. uh, for the title. Yeah, you know, so I just think it should be a continuation of that, and Cedric needs to work up to get to Buddy Murphy's level versus mm. the other way around, in my opinion. Um, so it was good that they kind of honored that at least and had Buddy Murphy continue to maintain his dominance over Cedric Alexander in their win loss record against each other. I kind of like that um, for Cedric. You know, I think, you know, again, a good showcase match for him just to see his talent. And, you know, their back and forth was go- was was awesome. Um, and I, I, I really see a lot of potential for Cedric Alexander to be a star, a genuine star in the WWE. But I felt like it was it was appropriate for him to lose to Buddy Murphy to honor Buddy Murphy's just just he has a leg up on him. He has his number. You know, he just is found ways to beat him each time. And Cedric should have to work 
to get to that point. It just shouldn't be like, hey, he just shows up. You know, Buddy Murphy just shows up and he loses immediately to Cedric. No, I think that would be a mistake. So, yeah, I enjoyed this matchup. And the commentary from Joe for sure was great. It was on point. Yeah, man. And, you know, the way you even broke it down does make sense why he should have to leg up. You got to remember, too, he had that showcase against Roman. Even though he lost against Roman, he went toe-to-toe with Roman, bro. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You know, it. it, he took him to the limit. And that was a nice showcase. So it kind of makes sense why he would beat Cedric Alexander, uh, Cedric Alexander, uh, for this match. So, yeah. I like, like, like you said, I enjoyed the match. It was fun. It was, it, it showed the reason why he's the best kept secret. Yeah, 100%. Man, enjoyed this and hopefully more to come. I would, I would actually enjoy seeing another matchup between these two guys. I think, you know, a, a series of matches with these guys would be fun. I just hope it doesn't turn into only being. Like I said, uh, almost like a recreation of 205 Live on Raw. Like yeah. mix it up, have these guys fight other people. Like AJ and Cedric had been been wrestling. Maybe Buddy Murphy and Kevin Owens get into it because Kevin Owens is on Raw now. So I think that'd be a cool way to follow up uh, Kevin Owens shouting out Buddy Murphy when he first uh, got into that feud with Shane McMahon. So I like that a lot, um, that potential a lot for them. But that matchup just kind of showed, like, man, these two guys with this – the, the combination of speed and power, like that's a great matchup too to see every once in a while as well. So they've got a lot of ways they can go with that. All right. So the women's tag team champions, Oscar uh, uh, and Kyrie Sane versus Natalia and her surprise partner, which I'm like, why are we even building up a surprise partner? It better be Ronda Rousey at this point to really get a reaction out of me, to be honest with you. You know like, what? And I actually thought about you because we just talked about this on the podcast, talking about, all right, they're done with uh, with this rivalry for uh, Natalia. Oh, man. I and, and in a way, they still, I guess, kind of are because they're not going against each other. But the surprise, if you can't, if you didn't figure it out by now, the surprise partner was Lacey Evans for Natalia, which I'm like, what? And I'm sure the crowd was the same way. Like, wait, you two had been wrestling each other, fighting each other. Uh, Lacey had been disrespectful using the sharpshooter. You did, you know, gave her the women, uh, Natalia hit Lacey Evans with the women's right after she had won the matchup. So there's like post-match, like disrespect that they showed to each other. And then here comes Natalia saying, you know, I could have picked anyone, but there was only one name that I actually wanted to pick. Someone who pushed me to my limit. And it's Lacey Evans. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is happening? You just, like, the story makes no sense whatsoever. You two basically hate each other. And all of a sudden, she's the only person that could possibly be your tag team partner? Are you I kidding never me? seen you two women show any type of respect to each other. Right. Exactly. Where, but the, where did this story in where you guys had mutual respect. <laughs> it was dumb. It was dumb. And the crowd just like tuned this out too, I feel. Like this whole match was just getting out. Oscar Man. looked cool though. Oscar looked great. She had the green uh streaks on her eyes and on her mouth, kind of symbol symbolizing the the spray, the mist, the poison mist she's been using the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, I think it's homage to Muda, I believe, uh, the great Muda, one of the legendary Japanese wrestlers. I think he used to do that, too. Um, I apologize if that's not the only wrestler that, that did that as well, because I'm pretty sure some other guys did that. But I think that's the one that I remember doing that as well. So, yeah, that was pretty cool, that look. And even Kyrie 
Zane like kind of had a little bit of a darker take on her pirate princess look, a little bit more eyeshadow, looking a little bit darker. So and uh, the t-shirt look there too. So yeah, man, I, I'm liking what's happening with the two of them. Uh, but yeah, Natalia and Lacey Evans, no, no, not so much. Yeah, man, it, it, that whole chemistry did not—not not even chemistry. That whole team did not make sense to me. Like, okay, and I was like, that, this is the reason why I was just just paying attention to this match so so. I was just drifting to more of my phone on this. Yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't. I mean, I watched it, but I was like. Man, this is this is this is painful to see. And then Lacey saying, "Come on, Natty, come on, Natty." Like, what? Are you, what? I know. What? I don't remember. You, I just don't understand. Like, what? Who's writing the story? Like, whose idea was this? This is just dumb. And this is basically the main event of the night. No man, you know, like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, friends were bad. No, and that's another thing. I mean, it's Paul Heyman, right? Like. Paul Heyman's, you know, part of this is the main brainchild or, or it's his brainchild now, Raw. So that that's crazy. That's crazy that this is what came came to to be picked as the main event. Like, man, I would have preferred Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander to be the main yes. event. But this? Yeah. You know? I was kind of shocked. I'm like, this can't be the main event. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that meant it, it ended the, the um, we had Asuka and Kyrie Sane end up winning that matchup. Uh, so they they it wasn't even for the title, so it wasn't like they retained or anything. It was just they they beat Natalia and Lacey Evans, this new team that I think I'm not sure. Lacey Evans is on SmackDown. Is Natalia on SmackDown too? No, I think Natalia is on Raw. I so think, what are they doing? I, I don't know, man. It was weird. Even after the match, like Natalia even kind of consoled her. I was like, what is this? Yeah, what was that? I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying to think. What did you guys end y'all rivalry with mutual respect? Is no, there a moment weird. did I miss a YouTube exclusive? The only thing that makes this make sense is we talked about SmackDown not having faces and Sasha Banks potentially turning. Uh, with uh, this, uh, it looks like they're trying to turn Lacey Evans into that face. Ding, 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 ding. You are right, sir. You know? Yep. That is like right. that's 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 what this is. Yep. So we was thinking about it last week. Like it's, it's getting kind of heelish on there for the women's division. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Your face, Lacey Evans. There you Lacey go. Evans. That's it. So yeah, we and I don't know. I, I feel like that's going to be a hard sell. You know, to to have her be the main face in the beginning. Yeah. You know, How did like she used to be a face though. She was she a face in NXT? Ooh, hold on. No, she wasn't. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like she was always kind of a, I mean, you know what? In NXT, I feel like maybe she was more of a tweener. Like, she didn't really have a major storyline where you could say, oh, she's a truly a face or a heel. It's just like she just kind of was who she was. But then when she went to WWE, it was like, clearly she's a heel because she's just doing the strut and, like, interrupting matches. And, right. you know, then the just, yeah, I feel like. From from everything we've seen, she's either been a tweener or a heel. She hasn't. I, I don't remember her as a face at all. Could be wrong, but I don't. I don't remember that. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember too. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's. I think it's just. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough sell for her as as a face in the beginning. I think it, it's it's possible it could work if they do the storyline right. But that's asking a lot for the WWE right now. Because I like her character as a heel. That's why. And then, like, I do. 
and now you want to just switch it to a face and it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be weird just just have ember moon be the face on that show just 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 do that like, come on this is the time to do it because again like you just said lacey evans is a heel that works sasha banks is a heel cool uh we got bailey just turn heel and bailey and ember moon have the story it, it, it's there they were both you know, Ember and, and Bailey fought for the SmackDown championship, the women's championship already. She got beat by Bailey, but then she noticed the change in Bailey and was one of the people talking to Bailey about like, what are you doing? You know, you're not really elevating the SmackDown women's division. So what's happening? And now she completely turns telling everyone to scroll screw themselves. So I would think Ember would have something to say about the way she's completely changed again. Um it's just is right there for him, but I don't know. But and then there's also Carmella, which I'm probably that's the way they go is to have if not Lacey be the face is Carmella because you move her to SmackDown and you know she's been with Truth, so the fans are are you know with her a little bit more. So yeah, yeah. Herbie top face for the women's division. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's another candidate there. And she's blonde. Let's be real. I mean, Lacey yeah. Evans is blonde. Carmella's blonde. Yeah. <laughs> Does have a type. Let's just yep. get that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we see it. Oh, man. All right. So this last thing that happened, this this is where I really don't want to talk about Raw. And I feel like the beginning of Raw actually was really good as we just went over this. I'm just trying to, trying to you know, look at it and analyze this for what it was because again we both did not want to talk about raw but as we were going through these matches i'm saying to myself you know that charlotte becky match was actually pretty decent for you know what it was let's take out the the stakes you know the draft pick that's yeah. BS, whatever but the match itself was solid andrade versus ali solid match was it viking, was. viking raiders versus uh, uh robert rudin and ziggler solid match and a title change all right cool Alistair Black and Eric Young, eh, it, was, it was what it was. Surprising to see Eric Young, but now Ricochet and Shelton Benjamin, now mm-hmm. Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury, now <laughs> Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, this Oscar uh, and 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 Harry Sane tag team thing with Natalia and Lacey, who are now best friends. Nah, nah, hell no. Uh, um, but I would probably give it a C grade at this point. And then the Firefly Funhouse gets burned down to the ground by Seth Rollins. What? Because <laughs> he said he was going to go fiend hunting. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that's... <sighs> really? Do you like that story? No. No, hell no. Hell <laughs> no. Hell to the no. I, I, I'm, I'm, and it sucks to say that, you know, because I like Seth. As much as he, he's annoyed me recently, yeah. I like Seth. And I love the fiend. I love the Fiend character. I love Bray Wyatt as, you know, the, the character that he had before and the character that he is now. I think he's doing great work. You know, both of these guys together, it should be magic. It's shit. It's just terrible now. So I just want this to be over. Yeah, man. I just, I don't like this at all. I don't like this story. I, 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 I can give a damn about Seth Rollins right now. Like, <sighs> This whole burn it down, and he and he says he's gonna burn it down. He burned the Firefly Funhouse. I, I I was I was like, oh my god, I'm done with this. I just turned it off from that point. I'm like, wow, so that was raw. I feel like I just wasted three hours. I just and the whole like uh, Bray Wyatt looking at Seth. It's like Seth, 
what are you doing? Seth, please don't do it. And I'm, you know, I, I feel like I know what they're trying to do. Like this is Bray still messing with Seth and like trying to get Seth to go to a dark place that Seth doesn't want to go. Like he's supposed to be manipulating Seth. But it actually just kind of made the fiend or make Bray Wyatt look like a punk at, at a point. Like he was actually <laughs> scared. Like, like he just looked weak, you know, and then he gets punched by Seth. And then Seth is just like, you know, punching him on the ground and just beating him down. And he gets up all like, you know, angry and menacing. He's like, you know, <laughs> back to the right. What I do? What I do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was like, what? Oh Jesus! I thought he was gonna get up and beat his ass because he said Seth. <laughs> like, like he was just pissed off, and he just he instantly changed his voice. Like, like what I do? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's just I'm 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 done with it. And then we have this matchup. So the rematch was announced for Crown Jewel, mm-hmm. uh, the Fiend. Versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. It's going to happen. And I mentioned, I said, right now, the only way I would watch Crown Jewel is if they did something with The Fiend. And now seeing that they actually announced something with The Fiend, I actually find myself still not caring. I thought I would care. (laughs) But actually, I still don't. I'm just like, no. No, I I still don't want to see this. Wow. Yeah, it's... You know what? That's messed up. Because the fiend, you get to see the fiend as entrance, but it's like, yeah, because they the story is just it's it's jello. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it has no substance. No, nothing, nothing I could leech on right now. Yeah, like Seth is just coming off arrogant, obnoxious at, at times. It's uh, I don't know, man. They. The way they booked this, this is a booking disaster. Yeah. Yeah, it should have been a layup, really. You know, like, just at this point, one, you don't have The Fiend go after the title right now. He's not there mm-hmm. in terms of just, like, risking this, you know, risking this this mess, this booking mess. All you had to do was have The Fiend continue to just dominate, continue to, you know, terrorize, like, certain superstars, you know, someone thinks they're hot shit. Cool. The fiend comes out, just like messes with them. Lights off, lights come back on, and then he just humbles people. You know, he could have done this to Alistair Black. You know, saying he had a matchup with him, and like Alistair and the fiend, you know, go at it, and the fiend beats Alistair Black. Alistair, you want to fight? Cool. The fiend's picking a fight with you. Holy shit! The crowd would have went nuts to to see the fiend show up to answer the the call of Alistair Black to pick a fight. You know what I'm saying? Like. It just seems like it was it was right there for them. There's yeah. so many people that they could have had them yeah. go against outside of Seth. It would have been, cool like, been cool for uh, for Alistair Black to get a loss from the Fiend. From the Fiend, made sense. Yeah. Like, and it would have been a good Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't it, it's just it it's and now we're at a point where. A fiend match is gonna happen. I'm saying to myself, no, I don't. I don't think I want to see it. I don't want to see it. You know. Now the day comes. You know, will I? Will I actually? You know, check it out. I probably will check it out after the fact, just to see what had happened. 
Um, I'll probably what's probably going to happen is I'm going to get spoiled. I'm going to find out what happened at <laughs> Jewel before I see it, you know, and that may or may not influence me to go see it. So that's another kind of flip to this. And since I know I don't care, I'm probably going to go online and see some stuff and maybe they do something cool. I'm like, okay, let me go check it out and see after the fact. Yeah. Like I'm kind of anticipating that probably is what was going to happen with me with this one. That's because well, I, most likely that would happen to me because I have no interest in this. So if I, right. and this is actually a spoiler that I don't even would even care. If, I wouldn't care on that one. Yeah, exactly. So if I'm, you know, going down my news feed and I see, I'm like, oh, all right, well, maybe I got out. Maybe I'll check it out. And I, right. I just go straight to that match. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> just skip through all the other stuff. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, Rick Flair, Team Flair versus Team Hogan. Yeah, okay, skip, skip, skip. And then get to that matchup and see. Yeah. Which also, it seems like Seth is going to be still on Team Hogan. No, no he, I, I believe they scrapped that. Oh, he's out? He's not on that team anymore? No, so he's not the captain anymore. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. Yeah, they're not going okay. to and you know, two in one night. All right. Because, yeah, if he did that and then beat The Fiend after having wrestled on Team Hogan for how many minutes that's going to be, 20, 25-minute matchup or whatever. Yeah. Man, yeah, that would that would you really trying to bury the fiend at this point? <laughs> Come on, he can't be like this is this is ridiculous. And Seth is is this is going to be beyond some Roman Reigns type stuff when people were sick of him. Like hey, he, man, he, you, you said it, Seth Rollins when he was what on crutches beat a healthy Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. So then he goes and beats the fiend after just going through this grueling, you know, ten man tag. Jeez, come on, come on, yeah. So that's 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 it. That's it. So again, you know, just just giving you guys fair warning, listeners. Probably we're not going to be watching uh, this this crown jewel event. Um, if something big happens, obviously we're going to talk about. We'll, we'll probably talk about the aftermath when it comes to our raw recap after yeah, man. Crown Jewel. Anything about? Um, yeah, that'll that'll happen. But yeah, as of right now, unless something drastically changes, I don't know. Crown Jewel. It's almost like, it, it, and it's it's not canon anyway. Um, you know, short of a title change happening, which doesn't doesn't ever happen at Crown Jewel events. Um, I don't see it being canon at all for what's going to happen. Probably we're going to see a rematch of all of these matches at Survivor Series, which will be another case why I probably even Survivor Series won't be so interested in that pay-per-view as I, as I was hoping to be this year, uh, especially with it being in Chicago. So, yeah, that's where we're at with, with WWE and Raw specifically right now. Yeah, man, we're in a – well, I'm in a bad place with them right now. It, it's a bad place because it's, it seemed like they, I don't know. I don't see any type of lively energy coming from either from either brands, only from like NXT or AEW. Man. Yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely getting the the good, the well, the good and the great with AEW and NXT, and then we're getting the ugly right now from Raw and SmackDown. Um, so you know, they, and there are some bright spots. So I my hope is that you know the that Raw and SmackDown in the next coming weeks we get back to storylines we get back to building up actual stories because it's really you know just been these showcase matches which have no story implications whatsoever mm-hmm. you know short of Bobby Lashley massaging Lana you know to help 
build up that story with Rusev, which we didn't really talk about, but that happened. They had a little segment there, whatever. It's fine. Um, so they, they, you know, are building up that story a little bit. But <clears throat> across the entire show, I want us to get back to, you know, building up these feuds and these storylines leading up to, you know, Crown Jewel. We'll see. But I think more so leading up to Survivor Series. And hopefully that will get us back interested in what's going on on Raw. So that's what I'm going to be watching for this week. Uh, to see what storylines they're going to try to try to build up uh, coming forward. Because even with Hell in a Cell, they really didn't build up any of those, um, those matches. It was just all about, even it wasn't even talking about Hell in a Cell because it was just all about the, getting ready for the premiere of SmackDown. Being exactly. You know, that big week of like, premieres, know, yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it, felt, it felt like, you know, that WWE Hell in a Cell just, you know, took a back, back seat. Yep, exactly. You know, so... You know, hopefully, again, we get back to to some kind of normalcy in terms of actually properly building up these feuds leading up to these pay-per-views so that we can actually care about, about the matches at the pay-per-views. Because right now we're not there. So, yeah, they got to they got to get back to that. So story, story, story. Let's do it, WWE. Come on. Get us get us back in there. Oh, All right. Substance. Yeah. Give us give us some substance. Give us something. Give us something more more than this, which. They can do it. You know, hopefully they, they do give that to us, but we'll just have to wait and see. But, yeah, that's going to do it for this recap. We are going to start doing the NXT AEW recap real here in a little bit. So look out for that. But for now, that's going to do it for the Raw recap. So for Devin, this is a feast. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.